Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. everybody, welcome back to Elder Scrolls Off the Record for episode number 58. I am Joe the Widget Wilson, and I'm joined by my fellow host, the alluring Louis Olan. Thank you, Joe. Hello to you, sir. Hello, everyone in the chat room. Glad you could join us tonight. And joined after a week hiatus, he is uh, feeling better, which is a good thing, the amazing David Deanforce Adams. Actually, I'm not really feeling better. I, I died... And uh, I had a necromancer raise me, so I have about 60 seconds until I despawn and turn into a pile of ash. Hold on, I got something for that. Wow, what a lousy spell. You are welcome! <laughs> <laughs> so I used, well, what word did I use for you, Lou? Was it, uh, was it alluring? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I had one for Shank, too. And joining us, as always, is the arachnophobic Shank the Tank. I was, I was all lost for words. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. What is up, Internet? Dave, glad you're feeling better, dude. And uh, until you, you know, of course, hit your time limit and turn into a pile of ash again. Oh, it's no problem, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Got you covered, Dave. I'll just cra- I'll cast you as a thrall this time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unfortunately, Varwin could not join us tonight. He is having massive computer problems. I wish I was up there, or live close to him so I could help him out, because the guy is going crazy about his computer, and I I feel so bad for him right now. So hopefully he gets it all working and ready to go soon. We don't want to be without him any longer than we have to. So, uh, best wishes, Varwin. Get that computer up and running, buddy. Uh, Lou, would you like to cover our tweaked audio ad tonight? Why, sure. TweakedAudio.com. You hear us talking about it all the time because you can't get enough. We can't get enough of their products. Great audio, great sound, great prices. Did we also mention a lifetime guarantee, lifetime warranty? You can't beat that. Enter the code off the record for additional savings. And hey, did we also mention free shipping and handling? Come on. Free postage. You can't get anything free nowadays, but they're willing Ship it to you for free. TweakedAudio.com Even our chat room saying they love their Tweaked Audio. Can't go wrong. And guys, we are also brought to you by our new sponsor to Quest Gaming Network, the amazing GuildLaunch.com. I have been checking out their website for the entire week. I love it. It is actually very, very incredible. That's GuildLaunch.com, best guild hosting site on the planet. If you're looking for a new host, or even just starting out, Guild Launch is the way to go. The service is stellar, and the level of support is amazing. Not to mention, they are always prompt. 
custom guild websites, member and public forums, calendar and admin functions, full guild management features, and a ton more. They even include voice hosting on all three major platforms, Mumble, Vent, and TeamSpeak. You get it all at guildlaunch.com. All right, guys. Before we get into, well, I guess it is the meat and potatoes. Let's get into the meat and oh, potatoes. Oh. Yeah, there you go, Lou. <clears throat> Just for you, buddy. Um, before we get into our play this week, we have a big thing to go over. I think this is um, a very important thing, and that's the that Zoss, Zenimax Online Studios, has announced when roughly the beta will start. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just a little bit, because I think we're all like, we're nerdgasming when they announced this this announcement, and that was completely redundant, but that's by the point. So, Lou, when was it they said they were going to start it? Well, let's see. When does testing start? Well, they're going to have their small friends and family test. Oh, wait a minute. Let's see. Look for the first round to be sent out around the end of March. So what does that mean? I hate when they got cryptic. <laughs> end of March. Could be the last week of March, the last day of March, the Ides of March. I don't know. But trademark yeah. it, though. <laughs> end of March. The, they did a post, and the post details when invites will begin, which is later this month, how beta test periods will work, and how they how they are choosing, or choosing, choosing, I can talk tonight, beta testers. A friends and family test has already begun, like Lou said. Uh, it began a few days ago and will be rolled out to more people as the months roll on and we get closer to launch of ESL. View the official post for all the details and stay tuned for the official announcement that beta invites are going out. And you better believe we are going to be all over it like flies to poo-poo. And wait. All right, Lou, I'm going to ask you to do some more reading for me. You ready? Hit me. All right, I'm going to read the question. I want you to read the answer. You got it? I got gotcha. you. Let's do it. Let's do this. When does testing start? We already covered that. Let's move on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Next question. What is a beta event? All right, and this is an answer from Zoss. In the beginning of the beta program, invitations will be for scheduled play sessions. This means that the game will only be available for play during specific times, provided the invitation. Every beta event will have a clear focus... Our developers will be looking for feedback on specific areas, features, or other gameplay elements. So, uh, comments on that, gentlemen? Yeah, actually, that sounds exactly like what Terra did. If you remember uh, that, that MMO that released, I believe, last year, mm-hmm. uh, they did their beta event was exactly the same. They had focuses, like this week, we're bringing you in from this hour to this hour for these few set days or just a day. They say, we're testing PvP or we're testing crafting or we're testing this and that. And that's what you do for those specific beta periods. Exactly. It's, it, this looks, to me, just like a closed beta. They just didn't call it closed beta. Right. I, I like what they're doing with this because, you know, I, I prefer this kind of format as opposed to if it's a beta where everyone's just going there playing and not really doing anything to help the developers. I remember play testing for, or beta testing for at least for Galaxies, where the devs would just say, hey, you know what, this entire weekend... All you're doing is PvP, you know, and that's all we did. Mm-hmm. Of course, you get players complain about it, but you know what? If you don't want to test, go right ahead. Don't log in, but this is what we're doing this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be kind of the point, like, where, well, we need you guys to roll high elves for this period so you can test these zones, these, these areas, these dungeons. And you know what, guys? I don't know about you guys. I'm all for it. Bring it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. 
I mean, like I said, I think, I don't know how many weeks ago now, but it, they could have a beta event where it's like, Shank, you're confined to three square meters and all you can do is pick Blue Mountain <laughs> Flower. I would do it. They will do that. That's exactly what it sounds like they're wanting to do. Dude, I, I would be so happy. I would gladly pick every single flower in that little <laughs> square. Right. Want me to pick again, guys? Shank. Make an Argonian and do pick this flower for five and a half hours. We need you to find some sand. We need you to poop in it repeatedly. See, the latter I'm totally down for, but the former, mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lou. Um, and guys, how long are beta events and when are they held? And the answer from Zoss. At first, beta events will generally be held on the weekends, and each test will have limited windows of access to the game. You'll receive your invitation in advance so you can make time to participate. While there will only be a few events per month earlier on, there will be more frequently held more frequently as we approach launch. As we progress through testing, we'll also begin scheduling longer tests that allow testers to provide more detailed feedback on topics like progression. Comments, gentlemen. So uh, you get, like, is my understanding, so they, they, like, email you an invite with, like, a code or something? Um, the invite will be normally, I believe, an email that will have you download the client, a link to yeah. the client oh, download. Oh, okay. And you yeah. just sign yeah. in with your account information. Right. Your The email is going to come tied to your account that you log in with. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So they're automatically going to flag your account. Whether or not you log in is your choice. But the thing is, is they, they're actually thinking towards uh, you know the betterment of the beta testing, as I've seen with previous beta tests that have done this. Looks like they're actually going to give you running time to install the patch instead of just say, you know, here servers are up. Download this twelve-hour patch so that you can spend <laughs> the last forty-five minutes of the uptime actually playing the game. So that's yeah. good. Yeah, thank God because I've I've been a victim of that where it's like, oh yeah, I got the email, cool. Yeah. Wait, only we only have fourteen hours to play, and yet it took three hours to download this damn file. Come on. Yeah. Well, the, the nice thing, thing is. is my network is ridiculous. I actually upgraded from Carrier Pigeon to uh, actually using echolocation from bats. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's pretty... Normally what happens in these kinds of cases, the first initial download of the game client will take you forever. Um, but if you get invited to another event, you'll have to download the, the actual patch to it. Unless it's a severe patch, because this is early, early beta, there's a chance that you'll have to re re-download the entire client. But in well, most cases... Huh? That, yeah. Shame yeah, you're going to have to expect to see in a few times that you're just going to have to reinstall it completely. Now, we saw this with uh, that other game that you liked, Joe. What was it? The, the shoot-em-up? Planetside 2. I know. I was blanking on the name. Thank you. You know how the patches on that, you're pretty much installing the whole dang game every time <laughs> yeah. when they were first doing the patching for the beta test. But the thing is, though, each patch made a huge difference to the game. Right. And I'm expecting to see that here, too. Shank, you had something to say? Yeah, I just had a question. Like, you said the initial client will take forever. Like, why is it just because it's large, or everyone's just trying to get it at the same time? Or yeah, usually um, that as well. But the uh, early beta of the game is not a condensed version of the files, so it's going to be a larger file than what launch will normally be. Uh, okay. So it's going to be a big chunk. You have to download it at the start of it. Well, damn. <laughs> But you're also, you know, downloading the entire game client, so. Mm-hmm. All right. Lou, any comments? Yeah, I would just say once this starts, folks, especially Shank, 
when you know you got the invite, you know, hit the download link and just walk away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds yeah, good. Take get food, walk away. <laughs> or stare at your monitor drooling for three hours. Six percent. Seven percent. All right. Sorry. Um. Okay, where are we at now? How many testers will be invited? And the answer from Zoss. We're starting with smaller groups of focused testers during March and April. However, as we approach launch, beta events will get bigger. Our AVA tests will likely require thousands of participants, and stress tests will be even larger. And for those who may not know, AVA, Alliance versus Alliance. Okay, yeah, that was my question. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Question <laughs> answered. Any comments, gentlemen? No, this is good. Uh, yeah, this is what we were expecting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep it Any nice. idea of what uh, percentage of the overall uh, cl- uh, open beta that th- these uh, testers might be? Uh, for closed beta, traditionally it's between 1% and 10%. Okay. So it's, 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 it's pretty... You have to be very, very lucky <laughs> to get into early on beta. Uh, okay. So not everyone gets in. So just wait your turn. It will come to you guys in time. They I promise. don't like waiting, dude. I don't like waiting either, but you know. Well, I, I, expect by the stress test, if you're not in, it's because you didn't sign up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's how it was with uh, Diablo, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's also a, a well, one downside of uh, being involved that early, Shank, is that Remember, you're beta testing, and you're not getting a polished version of the game. So expecting smooth gameplay, like I've heard some other people talk about in the past and other MMOs I've, I beta tested, makes you think, are you serious? We're beta testing, and you're complaining about, oh my god, the frame rate is horrible. <laughs> the stability is... Um, um, we're beta testing. We should be writing that in your notes saying, dear devs. <laughs> I found a bug here. Might be something yes. to look at. <laughs> exactly. Instead of just playing the game because you got access... Actually, test the game for the devs. That's what we're here for. <laughs> All righty, we're gonna go to the next question. That's how do you choose testers? And it's from Zoss. We'll select testers based on different criteria for each beta event, depending on our needs for that test. For instance, we may invite players who indicated a preference for a certain type of content: PVE, PvP, crafting, or who reside in a certain territory for particular events. And for others, computer specs may play an important role. We're not only looking for one type of tester or only for testers with top-of-the-line PCs. A broad range will be selected. Have you, how many of you guys have wondered just how much of a percentage of everyone, like myself, selected everything for type you of content? <laughs> yeah, I did. Improve <laughs> my chances. Yes! Pretty much like 99.96% of everybody. <laughs> exactly. I want in. I want to get everything. <laughs> I'll test anything. Just get me in there. Yeah, that's pretty much how I figured it. I'm like, wow. Do uh, you want me to test anything? I will comb y'all's hair if y'all let me test stuff. I mean, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Manicures for everybody. Shank, bummerstone. Oh, don't you know it. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if I'm selected? And from Zoss. If you're invited to test, you'll receive an email at the address you registered with for the beta. The invitation will include a download link for the game client. You, just, you should expect a download size of around 20 gigabytes, so it's best to start downloading as soon as you receive your information. Or, I'm sorry, your invitation. Well, that wasn't as bad as I was expecting. What do you guys think? 20 gigs is not bad, man. I was expecting, when you said large, I was like 50 gigs or something. <laughs> no. uh, I'm expecting 20 gigs as the initial, 
and possibly three to six gigs per patch. Oh yeah, it's probably gonna. They, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm sure it's gonna end up at around thirty, maybe even thirty-five gigs before they start condensing things. Definitely. And folks, remember, if you signed up to beta test, check your junk folder. Check it. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been doing the same thing. I don't know about you guys. Oh my god, dude! I'm obsessively checking my spam every single day. I should <laughs> probably make sure. do. No, Sebastian. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that didn't sound right, Shank. Checking <laughs> my spam every day. Wow. <laughs> Quick, next question. <clears throat> yeah, move it. Going. Got it. <laughs> Can I be invited to multiple beta events? No. Any answer from Zoss. <laughs> and from Dian. No, uh, but from Zoss, yes, it's possible to be selected for multiple beta events. However, an invitation to one beta event does not guarantee, I'll say that again, does not guarantee that you'll be invited to additional events. When you receive an invitation, it will be for a specific beta event. Hmm, you know what, guys? This is different than normal. Every other beta that I've done and seen has always been, once you got invited to like closed beta, you were in for the long haul. Yeah, this is a new one for me. I mean, I've always been involved from start to finish, but I guess they have their reasons. I mean, they, unless they particularly want to tailor. Yeah, I'd be games. willing to bet that's what it is. That as the previous question said, um, they they answered it that they would be selecting based on possibly even computer specs. So I could see that they may not. They may try to do a uh, compatibility day where they're just trying to see if they can make it as low with specs as possible to get as low a computer in as possible, or even the vice versa, where they're trying to see how high they can push the game without causing lag. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely across all OSs too. Like, hey, any Mac users? <coughs> um, yeah, let's, let's get them in there too. <laughs> Watch the hate mail from Mac users now. <laughs> all to Joe the Widget Wilson. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take it. Thanks, Lou. Appreciate it. <laughs> My boy. Yeah, that's it. All right, guys. Uh, Shane, Kevin, do you want to say anything on that? Nah, man. I mean, all of this is like, because y- you guys are the uh, the veterans when it comes to this. So, like, I- I'm trusting your uh, past experience on this stuff. So, I'm just taking it in. All right. What kind of feedback will I be asked for? Zoss responds. Your invitation will contain information about the focus of the test you've been invited to. To make sure to read it, you'll be asked to complete surveys and submit feedback and bugs in-game as you play. And you may be asked to participate in additional surveys once the in-game portion of the test has concluded. The beta forms will also be available for feedback and discussion. So, yeah, that seems pretty straightforward. What do you guys think? So, does this mean that if I expected my blue mountain flower to be like a navy blue, but it was actually like a sky blue, would I consider that a bug? You can report it. <laughs> yeah, you can report it. Those are the type of bugs that usually get thrown into the as-intended bin. Yeah. Remember that whole conversation the last question had with some people not being reselected another time? <laughs> That's how you get not selected another time. But remember, uh, I, I, I'm glad they're pointing this out, uh, that they want these people, you know, they want us to actively participate and, you know, fill out those bug forms. I know... Playing the game is so tempting and it's so much fun, but you know we're all here for a reason, and that's to help these programmers out by saying, "Hey, you know what? I found this quest. It's broken. Here are the here are the steps that are broken. You know, one or two minutes. It's all it takes to fill out the bug report, and then go along your happy way and 
pick flowers like Shank. Yay. <laughs> but I also want to point out, too, if, once you get that beta invite, you know what? This is great. They have beta forms because you can all share the highs and lows of beta testing together. You will see my flower complaint on there, should there be one. <laughs> Ignore player. Yes. <laughs> You need to drop it down like at least two levels of blue. Bring up red at least one. Here's the right hex color, you guys. <laughs> By RGB scale, you are off. That's not actually blue. It's cyan. Can you guys imagine if they try to get me to do color testing? The whole game would be messed up. It, it, <laughs> I was going to say, wow, this is Elder Scrolls version of Fifty Shades of Grey. But, <laughs> but we're not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, a little colorblind. Alright, so the last question is how do I avoid beta scams? And again, the response from Zoss. As we ramp up for beta events, it's likely you'll see more attempts by scammers to trick you into sharing your personal information with them. We've seen many video, email, and website scams pretending to offer access to the Elder Scrolls Online beta. Here are a few tips to help protect yourself from scammers. Always check ElderScrollsOnline.com for official announcements. We will make official updates when we send invitations. Don't click on links you aren't sure about, whether they're on a website or in an email. Copy or type the URL in the address bar in your browser to be safe. If you have any questions about an email you received or a site you think could be questionable, contact our support team and they'll be happy to help. That's pretty straightforward. These scams happen all the time when a high-profile game goes into beta. The, the quickest and easiest way to figure out if something's a scam is you have to ask yourself... What data does the Elder Scrolls Online team and Zoss already have? What data have they already have you already provided to them? They will never ask for that data again. If they're asking you for your password, that's not them. If they're asking you for your credit card information, if you've already given it to them, that's not them. They don't ask for that kind of stuff multiple times. Now, the credit card thing will only be happening when the game goes live, so don't worry about that. Right, but same thing. If they're asking for your social security number, you probably need to contact somebody in the police. But, you know, if they're asking for your birth date or something weird, yeah, I'm not sure I would even agree to that. Then again, I'm like one of those weirdos who sits in his basement with his uh, 50 cal waiting for the government to come down and get me. <laughs> so, wow. back that Dave said government. <laughs> That's G U V M I N T. <laughs> government. So, in the south, my friends. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm. I'm very southern. Well, that so, was our. Uh, I'm sorry, Dave. You want to say anything else? No, go for it. <laughs> that was our uh, Zoss announces beta coverage, and just yeah. In the next couple weeks, guys, get ready. It's a coming. It's a coming. <laughs> Uh, Dave, because I just love hearing your voice. I haven't heard it in two weeks. I want to hear about your gameplay. Nah. Nah? All right. Yeah, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) First. (laughs) Oh, man. It's been so long since I've had y'all. I missed y'all so much. My Dr. Pepper went almost all over my soundboard. That would be perfect. (laughs) Oh, man. It's good to be back. All right, anywho, first off this week, because I've been continuing my mage that I haven't talked about for a while, but uh, my mage, the first thing I did was I, I looked up, I know I cheated, I actually looked it up on one of these uh, wikis, 
to find the spell called Transmute. And uh, what this does is it lets you transmute iron ore into silver ore, and silver ore into gold ore. And it, because iron ore is ridiculous, it's freaking everywhere, this is a great way to actually increase your skill as well as increase your profit right off the bat. Um, now this, the best way to get transmute that i found is north of Whiterun. There's a bandit camp, like an encampment, like it's fenced off in everything. And inside of the bandit camp is a mine, kind of like a mine. I don't know if it's actually a mine. It's more of a... Uh, no, it's a mine. Oh, yeah, Silent Moon's camp. I believe that's what it is. In there on oh, a okay. table is the Transmute book. Yes. And that's the quickest and easiest way i found to actually get it. And I, I picked that up this week. And, dude, Transmute is just ridiculous. I you think, get that, you're done, man. The game is wrapped up. You got monies everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> money, 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 money. Yeah. Like, if I'm not killing something, I'm transmuting just to make money. To spend my, my magic on that. So that's... I spent a lot of time doing that. But I finally made it up to Winterhold again. And I went down into this, to the uh, Azura's thing, which is south of Winterhold. And I talked to the lady up there. I can't even remember her dang name. But I started the the Black Star quest. Oh. Because mm-hmm. I, I've never actually completed that quest before. But I'm uh, I'm ready for it. I, I really need to do that because I, I want to get my enchanting higher. Now that I've got Transmute, I figure I'm going to make golden necklaces and enchant them ridiculous and sell them for a huge amount of money. I'm I'm thinking I'm putting things together. Anyway, um but I've wait I've actually didn't start the Winterhold College quest line because I want to get the the Black Star as well as uh get enough gold uh ingots to actually start making a profit. All I can say is Dave, Azura Star, well worth it. I love nah. it. That, you gotta, you gotta I get love the black star, not the Azura star. What's that? Got to get the black star, not the Azura star, man. Yes, oh. black star for the win, dude. Yeah, the black star can hold human souls as well as it says it can't, but it can hold uh, any type of lesser soul. Um, where the Azura star can only hold lesser souls; it can't hold sentient human souls or white souls. Yeah, which is weak. I know, but so the black star, man. Every sentient human souls, I think that's a uh, grand soul. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the way to do it, man. And if you're going to be hunting down people, get the black star. But I like people. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. Really, I, I hate them all. But come on, I'm trying to keep up a persona here. <laughs> <laughs> he means people in game, guys. That's it. That's it. People in yeah, game. Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> game. No. Oh. Oh, um, uh, one quick thing. Uh, Dave mentioned uh, he was in uh, Silent Moon's camp. Uh, if if you guys uh, out there who are playing as a uh, you know smithing is one of your things, the uh, there's an anvil actually. There's a there's a forge. I'm pretty sure it's like in that same room where you found that book, Dave. Um, and it's called the Lunar Forge. And you, if you smith 
items when like the moon is out you get i forget the exact enchantment enchantments that you get for you, those items but uh, they're pretty good they're like health drain or magicka drain or something on your enemies it's pretty yes i've been yeah. there yeah i had that on my other character my assassin if you That's make ridiculous. any weapons in that on that lunar forge and the moonlight's out uh you those weapons will gain those abilities but only at nighttime when the moon's out mm-hmm. that's the catch but it's it's sick dude like when i found that for the first time i was like oh my god this is sick <laughs> wow weapons. I, I did not know anything about that i only reason i have ever gone there is for transmute now you know knowing is half the battle right <laughs> dun 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 <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's it for what I've done. I actually hadn't really done any real questing other than starting the Black Star and and getting my transmute. Dave went entrepreneur. Yep, I I highly approve of the entrepreneurial spirit, my friend. Oh, yes. you would. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Dan and Shank monopoly in Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look! It's the Skyrim Trust and Fund. Yeah, yeah, the rates are outrageous. <laughs> it's only thirty-seven percent for the first six months. All right, Shank. Because uh, you just you've been doing so good on reading emails, I want you to grab the first email tonight, sir, by uh, <laughs> Damien. Sure. Let me scroll down there. All right. Uh, oh man, I don't know what I should do. This should I Julia Child or oh Janine or just Shank? Can we vote kick him already? Please? <laughs> yes. I'll- why? Okay. <laughs> First, I want to say that you guys are doing a fantastic job with the show. Makes me feel like I'm hanging out with some friends talking about something I love, but I'm not allowed to speak. Lol. <laughs> I've, I have some questions for you regarding mages and ESO. It's been great listening to the mage challenge and all the great gameplay experience you guys have shared. One of the best things I liked about Mages in Oblivion was the ability to create your own spells. Are created spells going to make it to ESO, and what are your thoughts about it in general? Quickly, dude, that is the coolest thing about the Mages Guild in Oblivion is that you can craft. This, the spell weaving is sick. Um, continuing on, I felt that creating spells was as fun as enchanting or smithing, and something I really miss in Skyrim. Same here, dude. There's one spell combination someone shared online called Heart Attack that I really enjoyed. The spell would paralyze the enemy for about 10 seconds while a poison spell was released slowly. When the character got back on their feet, the poison spell would make them fall over dead shortly after. This type of spell creation is what made it so much fun. I totally agree. Another great thing about the Mages in Oblivion was the ability to cast Touch Spells. These are the most powerful spells and cost the least magicka but you must touch the enemy. For a stealth or assassin mage build, this was especially useful, and I also miss this in Skyrim. I was hoping that ESO would bring some of these features back. Thanks, Damien. Do you guys mind if I touch on this real quick? Go for it. So, yeah, so the, um, what he's talking about in, uh, with regards to Oblivion is the whole spell weaving thing um, there's actually a building in the Arcane University. I believe it's called a Kiranasium, and you there are altars of spell making. And you, if you have, if you know the effect, and you have soul gems, you can actually combine spells, and you can make really, really insane spells. Like some of you guys might consider them overpowered, but dude, I mean, you can only make these spells once you get to like you know a decent level in your thing. But 
I, I, I completely agree with you, Damien. I mean, I, I do miss the ability to create my own spells in Skyrim. And uh, when I explored the, the College of Winterhold in uh, Winterhold for the first time, I, ex- I honestly thought I would, um, you know, come across one of these altars. But unfortunately, there wasn't one. I don't know if it's an ESO. Maybe you guys have heard some of uh, anything um, regarding spell weaving and ESO. But uh, I'm curious to s- yeah, see what you guys think. Lou, Dave, you guys have any ideas on this? Um, yeah, actually. I don't see this being included in ESO just for the uh, reason that it a balance issue. Um, th- there would be so many different types of spells with so many different types of effects and so many different uh, things that could go wrong with, you know, things interacting in ways that are unintended that... As you said earlier, it kind of seems overpowered if you do it right. And that's one thing that will turn away people from the game is, well, you kind of got to idiot-proof things sometimes. Not saying that people who can't do this are idiots, just that sometimes you don't want to put people down just because they can't work a system like this. Honestly, I believe that this system is a great idea. Though this system, in the way it was put out, when I played Oblivion for the first time, actually put me off of Oblivion. This is one of the reasons why I don't like Oblivion. Really? But Yes. But I believe that it could be done right. It would just take a lot of work. I couldn't stand the way this was put together in Oblivion, though. Just curious, what what about it uh, did, did uh, kind of drove you away from it? I just... The whole practice of... You're having to break the... You, you said earlier, you have to use the um, God, soul gems. Mm-hmm. And I would waste my, my currency, basically the soul gems, on things that didn't go well together. And I, I felt that I was actually harming myself because I didn't couldn't figure out the system, which, of course, I was you know young and an idiot, so... <laughs> I was young and needed the money. You know, I was I was basically wasting my time, and I felt it was a waste of time because, you know, I I just randomly was playing with it, and it didn't turn out right. And that's the problem, is you don't want to have that in a MMO because you want subscribers, and they want subscribers to, to stay long-term. If their first time playing the game is crafting spells and they end up messing up, they're going to think, wow, this game sucks. So, while I think that this could be a great addition, if done right, I don't think they're going to include it just on the fact that they don't want to turn people away. Okay. Um, I have a little bit of a different approach, guys, if you don't mind. Yeah. I I agree with you in the fact that it's not something that I don't think they're going to put in. They've never officially announced this or not. But the reason I see it as is because how the skill system works in ESO does not lend itself to this in any way, shape, or form. What I mean by that is everything's based off the hotbar. It's based by class, spells, and abilities. So it's not a shared pool of spells. Also, each ability slash spell levels up and gains different um, properties as you level it. So I don't see how spell weaving or spell mixing can really work in ESO. So you're saying the spells it, like actually evolve? Yes. Okay, that's really cool. That actually sounds pretty neat. And actually, you'd be able to balance that pretty well, too, if it evolves instead of someone piecing it together from their own... It grows in strength with you. Right. Which I I would totally 
love to see. Um, I was actually thinking that um, as much as I did love spell weaving, you know, as the other guys have said, yeah, it'd be a real big issue trying to get it right because obviously you're not going to please everyone all the time. And with, I guess, all the synergies that are going to be involved in combat, you know, if someone says, yes, I've got this spell, but it's something like it, but not the actual spell you're looking for, it may not work too good, may cause problems. Um, but I was thinking more of a concession with spells in ESO. I was thinking more like along the lines of an old mechanic in EverQuest 1, where you know you can buy spells from pretty much any mage in Skyrim. Yeah, you can always find what? Fast healing, healing hands, what have you. Although some spells, I guess, only certain characters have, which I would like them to see bring in uh, to the game. Or maybe introduce it some way, some way, shape, or form in the game, because I know EverQuest 1, they had the same thing where, yes, you were a wizard, but guess what? If you were a level 40 wizard, everyone else you went to before will tell you, hey, I don't have those spells. You've got to go somewhere else. Now you've got to find that wizard NPC that's got them. And guess what? He may be, he or she may be a different faction, and they're all going to say, well, I don't know you. I'm not selling any spells to you. <laughs> Unless you do this for me. Guess what? A whole epic quest line to earn the right to get those spells and learn. Yeah, and they actually, those master level, the master level training quests or whatever that you're talking about, not necessarily training, but uh, that, that's one of the things I loved about Oblivion was that every single skill had that, you know? So, uh, but I completely agree. Um, I, I don't think. Yeah, they, I, I could foresee a balance issue with the whole spell weaving thing. But Joe, I mean, the whole ev- the spell evolving thing that that sounds really really cool. Well, it's not really like a major evolution. I don't know that spells that much. All I had to play with was like eight levels, and my skills leveled up because your skills level up the more you use them. That are the ones that are on your hot bar. And I did notice like um, my chain would go faster coming out, pulling him in faster as it leveled up. It would do more damage on initial impact. You know, little things would change per level. So I'm not sure how much it really does evolve with, like, spells. But I know that they do level up and they do change as you go. Right, I think that's what I meant. Like, I, I, I think I prefer that system rather than, you know, craft your own in such a in, in the game in a game such as this one. Like, the, the massive uh, the MMO scope. All right, Shank, since you've been on a roll, why don't you uh, tell us about your gameplay this week, buddy? Alright, man. Well, uh, where do I start? Okay. First of all, I could not play a lot this past week, mostly because of freezing issues, which is totally lame. Uh, and this here's the thing. I've never, ever, ever had freezing issues with Skyrim. Ever. No no freezing, no crash of desktops, nothing. So it was really, really, really weird uh, when I had this. So like, basically, I would start up the game and it would freeze within five minutes. And I'd have to control out delete because everyone knows that the alt tab in Skyrim is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> and this happened to me regardless of any of the saves that I had. And it didn't matter which one I loaded, within five minutes without fail, it would just freeze. So I, you know, I checked, did the normal thing. I checked my CPU, GPU load, all that stuff. Um, I forget what EVGA tool there is, but I checked the the load on that as well, and like it was totally fine. Like I, there was by no means was I like killing my PC or anything. So I'm in the process of kind of doing, um, sort of like the last thing, which is going mod by mod and turning them on, turning them off to see what uh, what the issue is. And I mean, I, I seriously hope I can figure out the issue with that because 
I, I don't know what else to do unless like to just start over a new character or reinstall the game or something. So hopefully it's one of the mods. Hmm. Um, if it's if it's a graphics mod, then screw that. I'm not compromising on the graphics. <laughs> so, I'll play for, I will play for five minute increments at a time. I don't care. <laughs> So for the sake of those ENB mods, you'll play for five minutes at a time. (laughs) Absolutely. So, but fortunately, I did get to play some Skyrim this week. And if you guys have been following uh, the show the last couple, uh, the Mages Challenge or whatever, you might know that I've been doing the the Worm's Tooth mod with my Mage Chick. And uh, it's basically, you know, you're putting together a team to go hunt dragons. So you need to recruit four people. I had three, and I was uh, I went to go recruit the last person who was in Alftand, um, kind of like way up in the frozen north. So I recruited this dude, or I think it was a chick technically, and uh, went back to the Bannered Mare, which was kind of like the hub. And uh, once I got there, the the quest giver was like, "Yo, dude, thanks for getting my crew together. Uh, you guys, you got to go like kill this dragon at Ancient's Ascent, which has kind of been like terrorizing people." And uh, so I went down to Ancient's Ascent, which is uh, a uh, dragon word wall uh, south of Falkreath, and it was really cool because I got to uh, this place and the dragon, I ex- totally expected the dragon to be this like huge sort of like beastly thing that's just going to start like attacking me on site. Like, you know, other dragons, but no dude, this dragon like sat on top of his wall and just like spoke to me and was basically like, ha, I like basically saw you guys coming over here and I know what you want, but screw you guys. I'm going home. And he just like took off and flew. He was like, I'm going to worm's tooth. And he just like got off his word wall and just peaced. So, like, my teammates and I were just looking at each other like, uh, "Okay, high five, we won." <laughs> Dragons away, we won. Seriously, hey, we won. I, I honestly thought I was like, "We did it, you guys. We're totally heroes." High five. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, no, because then my quest journal updated and was like, "Yo, you got to go back to Bannered Mare." So I went back and updated the quest giver guy. And he's like, oh, Worm's Tooth. Okay, that's cool. So we need to go to Worm's Tooth now. So walked up to Solitude to get to the docks and got to Worm's Tooth. And oh my god, you guys. This island is huge. Okay? It's the it's roughly the size of, uh, of Solstein, but it's completely differently laid out, like, geographically. And uh, the amount of detail that they go through, like, modders created this. Just like Pete, like, amateur, like fans of the game created this and it's insane the amount of detail that's in this and i got off and i just did my normal shank thing everyone was like running to a burned city they were like we need to save them and i just went off exploring so (laughs) i just (laughs) wow the village is burning will you help us sure i'll be right there i just gotta pick some more flowers (laughs) but dude oh my god it was amazing like i cannot just the stuff on this island and I were and I only explored I think like one little corner of it but uh you know I I did finally get to the village and everyone was kind of dead and the main get quest guy like yelled at me for not helping he he actually was like hey like come back here (laughs) um but it was at this point where my thing updated and said okay you got to go like deeper into the island uh, for your quest marker, which I assume is just, you know, good to go after that dragon. Um, and I started walking over there, and it froze. So... <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. 
That that was very very anticlimactic end to my gameplay there. But I I actually like was super mad. I I yeah. Way to end it in a downer. I know, dude. I was like really. I was totally having fun ignoring like the downtrodden villagers asking for help, and you just freeze on me. So, you know that 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 happened. Maybe your uh, your computer is like telling you something. What to like to actually see help people? See a psychiatrist or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I'm gonna go do my mod. Uh, uh, whatever prognosis diagnosis i don't even know what the gnosis word is but uh yeah that's me man <laughs> all right well guys we have another a new developer question of the week and i look forward to doing this one with you guys so i'm gonna play it right now hi my name is cody wright and i'm a world builder on Zenimax online studios the elder scrolls online much of Tamriel is untamed, and many dangerous creatures roam the land. What creature from the Elder Scrolls would you be most afraid to encounter in the wild? Ask the question, guys. What creature would we be most afraid to encounter in the wild of Tamriel? Oh my god. I already have an answer. That's, that's a sweet question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm curious to hear what Dave's got to say. The naked man. come on we all know it the naked man's the biggest baddest evil monster in this entire game and we all know what would happen if the naked man found you he'd beat the crap out of you like he does me on a regular occasion that's why you go around and just go south of the naked man dave yeah well guess what going south on the naked man is not my favorite thing to do South on the naked man? No, don't oh. do that. <laughs> OF, <laughs> not ON. <laughs> that could be the problem. Or it might be the solution. You never. <laughs> For me, it has to be the painted cow. <laughs> I would like to ask. I'd like to ask Zenimax very seriously not to include the painted cow. Notice that the, the things that we're most scared of are the things that aren't necessarily enemies. I take that... No, I disagree. That painted cow and me are very much enemies. <laughs> I'm tempted to be. <laughs> because that naked man is also a quest giver and not intended to kill the crap out of you. <laughs> wow. Alright, Shank and Lou, what do you guys got? Okay. Wow. Okay, so... Um, yeah, there's actually one enemy from Oblivion mm-hmm. that I actually, like... I'm pretty sure, like, when I got to this point, some poo came out because I got so scared. Um, and this is chat room. If you guys um, have played and know what I speak of, it's the Uderfight Matron from Oblivion. And she is this, like, invisible... I don't even know what it is, man. It's just some invisible thing that attacks you once you get to a... There's a location called Dive Rock. And uh, there's this dead guy named Agnar, and his journal is right next to him, and he talks about it. And as soon as I finished reading the journal for the first time, I played it, and I turned around, and then I heard this, like, monstrous roar and just started getting attacked. And I, this thing is invisible, dude. And if I see that thing in ESO, I'm, I'm like, I don't care what we're doing. I'm just going to abandon you guys and run. Okay. It's invisible, and you're worried about seeing it? <laughs> yeah, because the thing was, dude, no matter where I ran uh, on top of Dive Rock, like, it just kept hitting me. 
So eventually I just basically like jumped off of the rock and pieced and I parkoured to my death and that was pretty bad. Totally but, dude. Wow. That was totally rad and legit. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, what about you? Well, Steve McCookie, just for you, yes, a serious answer would be any of the Draugrs, especially the high ones like the Draugr Overlords and the Draugr Whites, especially any of the Draugr that can speak the tongue. Because I remember my very first moment when I, I guess, one of my first low-level quests when I actually encountered a uh, Draugr Overlord and hearing the Thum being used against me, I was like, you've got to be, wait, be kidding me. <laughs> that Getting disarmed was a painful experience going, what the heck just happened to my weapon? He just, you know, he just disarmed me! <laughs> you jerk! <laughs> I I may have an actual answer to this other than the naked man, and Lou, I need your help on this. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't Argonians turn into Argonians after eating some type of tree sap when they're a kid? His tree sap? Yes. I, I want did. to... Yeah, I would be scared to death to see what the hell an Argonian looks like as a baby before it eats tree sap. Maybe there's a Velociraptors of Skyrim. <laughs> you know what would be terrifying to see, guys? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 dude, I'm curious to see it. Yeah, go ahead. Those stupid, pale spiders in Solstheim. Oh, yes! A giant one of those? Pale spiders? Out. The ones that explode? Yeah, well, they do different effects, because you can morph them and actually use them for, your own, for yourself. Yeah. Those things are crazy. The albino spiders. Dude, oh man. I'm okay. I don't want to see them now. You know, I would be perfectly fine to go any video game ever without fighting a dang spider. What's up with every video game ever playing on my damn fear of arachnophobia? Come on. Oh, so I got my words mixed up in the beginning. Got it. <laughs> arachnophobia. What are you, Ron Weasley now? Man, I wish I got that joke. <laughs> But yeah, Draugr speaking the Thum, nah, that's uncool. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you, Lou. And it, I don't know whether to be mortified or impressed that Shank was able to copy their shout identical on the fly like that. Oh, you know, I, I no, I haven't played 600 hours of this game or anything. Just You're not like Elder Scrolls legit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got an email, guys, and this is from Vader. He says, Hi, I started listening to your show around December, and I love it. A couple of podcasts, you were talking about uh, Dovafloss armor and body types. I made a character with default body types, and now I want to change my main without having to re-level. Any tips or ideas on how to do that? Also, what kind of mods and difficulty do you guys play on? Well, I believe as soon as you change the body type, it will automatically affect your character based on the settings that you chose in the on the in the beginning, correct? That is correct, sir. Yes. So whatever changes you made to your vanilla character, as soon as you apply any new body mod, it's it's reflected to and it's it's adjusted uh, to uh, you know fit that new body type. So yes. no worries. You don't need to make a new character. Yeah, and I believe the mod that we're all using the CBBE UMP and uh, better bodies by Bella. It's the one, actually, one of the few things I actually use console commands, and that's it. Because I think for that, you have to actually use console command to bring it back to the character creation menu for your current character, and that allows you to do that. So, 
Uh, one quick caveat, though, I found that if you uh, after creating your character and you you console command to bring up the uh, the character creation, Lou, if you go back to your skills, your skills are all messed up. That's <clears> why you save the file somewhere else. <laughs> I never did that. <laughs> My girl just changed as soon as I put the mod in. Mm-hmm. No, that yeah. If you just get the mod, you should be fine. And as for difficulty, I play on default. Never have changed it. Yeah, same here. And that's only because that's that's what the dev developers kind of intended you to you know play it on. So why change it? And you got any Dave Lou? Any comments? Man, this has got to be like the fourth email in a week. Every week that we talk about what difficulty we play on. Yeah. I, I get killed by Taurus. I will never bring my difficulty up again just because I don't like having a bug <laughs> hand me my ass. <laughs> um, I've always played, uh, at least for Skyrim, I play on the Adept, and on one of my characters, match my, my Breton uh, Battle Mage, I have her on Master. And, you know, that's an enlightening experience because seeing just how bad things can get in the game. <laughs> what an eye opener! <laughs> I always figured that master level was just for the e <laughs> Say just so you can brag and say I did it. So how far did you get with that, Lou? I mean, is it oh. really that much of a difference? Um, I find it to be. I mean, personally, I, I just find it more. I guess the way I play with any of the characters I I create, um, I, I find it a little bit more challenging. Nice. Yeah, and dude. yes, it, it, and many times I'll just want to put my fist through my screen, but yeah. <laughs> You're a lot more daring than I am. Kudos to you, man. Speaking of which, Lou, how's it going with your battle mage? Well, my current battle mage, the one I made for this recent mage challenge, I got it to level 21 as of now. It's been a little slow going because, you know, trying to get my crafting skills leveled up and you know level faster that way i've just been doing what i always do and just do quests <laughs> and if i raise up a skill somehow you know it gets raised unlike light armor which gets raised all the time because i get beat up like a training dummy all the time but that's besides the point <laughs> i i did pick up and complete yeah i did azura star okay i didn't do a black star i was a good guy i gave a star back to azura boo evil evil people you <laughs> no this is why the danger uses as pawns and toys in the world because people like you no. <laughs> don't play nicely with the toys. <laughs> and let me just say, actually completing that that quest for Azura Star uh, as a battle mage, wow, that was a totally different fight than what I'm used to. I've always yeah. played either ranged, like physical ranged, or in physical melee, and having to stay back for dear life because getting slammed by a fireball by a mage that's the same level as I am, wow, that sucks. <laughs> to put it politely, <laughs> um, spoilers if you haven't done the quest yet. Um, when you're on the last part, you actually enter the star itself. And I walked in, going, all right, this shouldn't be so bad. And then seeing two fireballs come my way and dying and seeing a kill camp shot on myself, I was like, wow, that's not cool. <laughs> How bad can this be? Oh, wow. It must have taken me at least six or seven tries before I finally got that thing completed. And by the seventh time, I'm like, Azura, will you beam me out of here? Come on. Work the transporter. Get me out of here. I killed the lead guy. Will you just get me out of here? My la- my sixth save, my sixth time trying to go for it, she's in the middle of giving her speech before she kicks you out of there, and I got killed. I'm like, you, you could move <laughs> a little bit faster. <laughs> What's the matter with you? But finally got that done. I was like, thank you. I'm done. 
Cool. Now I got the Azura Star and going, wow, I don't have any weapons, though. <laughs> it's <a> chance. <laughs> With Soul Trap. Because always, you know, during combat, I just always forget to switch out and just have one of the spells of Soul Trap. You know, fire it off and then go back. And I, in combat, I, I just get so narrowly focused on just killing the damn thing that I just leave all the destruction spells. I know I don't bother going, all right, should I put this down? Should I do this? No. Just try and kill it as fast as I can. So you're basically trying to be like the Jason Bourne of mages. Just like quick, efficient kills. Yes. Quick, clean, efficient, and... All right, done. <laughs> Next quest. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah, well, considering that I'm you know, doing all the gopher quests right now for the Mage College. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, seriously, you want to go pick this up? You, you, you couldn't go over there yourself? I mean, you were right there, man. <laughs> hey, I would happily walk all the way over there, man. Yes, I'm going from here to Solitude just for you. Just to pick up the one, you know, or Rift in, just to pick up the one item she wants enchanted. Yeah, yeah, I got time for that. (laughs) Not a problem. (laughs) However, in one of the side quests I was doing for the college, I believe there's one that Jazargo asks you to do for him. He wants you to test his scrolls. Mm, Yes. Totally unprepared for the initial effect of what happened when I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I got Jazargo. Let me test this out. I was like, that... Khajiit bleep. <laughs> you know, if I could kill him in game, I would. I mean, I think there's even a dialogue, and a line of dialogue says, if I didn't know any better, I think you would try to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I would have said, like, you rat. <laughs> you set me up. I should just fry you right now if it would get me kicked out of this college. But yeah, oh, God, in the middle of all this questing, I you know, finally got my destruction up to 63. Nice. Yeah, I'm working on it. Try to get it up there quickly. And alteration is right now at the 56. Is, you know, healing is always great to have. There's <laughs> not quite a lot. <clears throat> alteration? Um, yeah. That's uh, healing's restoration. It's rest- I'm sorry. Rest- I should maybe fix that. Restoration. <laughs> Duh. Sorry. Restoration up to 56 because, you know, healing, fast healing. healing. Mm-hmm. And it's necessary evil. Yeah, a must-have. And I am now focused on alchemy as well. It's stuck at 38. Because I'm realizing on gameplay with this character, I can't find magic potions worth a damn. For some reason, just like my melee characters, yeah, magicka, 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 stamina. Where's the stamina health potions? Tons of ma- magic potions, but I can't find health or stamina worth a damn on those playthroughs. Like, the game hates me. <laughs> Yeah, Luz, I have a quick question for you. Um, I haven't really gotten too far into alchemy. How? Because I kind of, I guess I just got frustrated with it, but I'm curious, how are you liking it? It's not bad. I mean, I do see its purpose, and I, I like the fact that it's in there. But right now, I'm, I'm working in alchemy because for me, for my playthrough, it's necessary. You know, because I burned okay. the magicka like nobody's business. It is bad. I actually have a mod that makes it so when I cook stuff, like at a spit for a cooking pot, I gain alchemy points. <laughs> Cheater. I, you know what? I'm perfectly fine with cheating on that because alchemy is a pain in the Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I gave up on it. I, I actually kind of like... I agree with that, dude. If you're over, like, an open flame, like, why can't you conjure up, a, like, make a potion, you know? That makes sense. Because it could pouring of the ingredients to, like, a you know, resist frost potion into somebody's food is probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're all trying to do our own version of Breaking Bad for Skyrim. I don't know. <laughs> I will be Jesse to your Walter White, Lou. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, uh, yeah, that's what we need, a breaking skooma mod. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Watch, someone will do that, actually. <laughs> I'm also working on Conjuration, uh, though that's a little bit slow going. However, I, I do see the appeal of the Flame Matcher now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait to see the higher versions of this. Because I was like, this thing is awesome. It's free, like it, it's free DPS. This is amazing. <laughs> Lydia, wait over here. Stay away. Let the frame, <laughs> flame astronaut do some work. Great, great. That astronaut works better than you do. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, with the flame, I can't wait to see the other ones, too. The other elementals. Just to see the kind of damage they can do. I mean, you can do, like, you can conjure, uh, I guess, a frost and a flame at the same time and just let them loose on targets. Whoever used them before. Nice. Yeah, dude, they're, they're actually... Yeah, they're pretty useful. Excellent. I can't wait to try it out then. Especially against, especially. I'm sorry, Lou. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, especially against uh, dragons and stuff, because like the you get like that extra range just with the with the the Atronac just kind of oh, chilling yeah. there. Big time, especially when you get the uh, storm Atronac. Those things are like pinpoint accurate, deadly to dragons. Ooh! Oh my god! I can't wait. When do you get them? <laughs> Uh, storms are an adept level. I no, I think that's frost. I think storm is the last one that you have to get. If I remember correctly, hold on, let me look it up. It's the, it's not master. It's the one before master. Yeah, yeah, expert, expert. Yep. Ooh. It's an expert level spell, and I got it from that dude, the conjuration guy in uh, the college. Okay, I'm checking him down. I'm buying those books right away. They're expensive, man. Just they That's are. Okay. <laughs> I'm a broke mage, by the way, because of that. Buying books. <laughs> it's a, that's like in the mage handbook. You will you not will. have money. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm feeling it right now. Like my melee character is rich, but my mage is dirt poor. Hmm. What's up with that? Also, has anyone? Wait, you can't enchant the staff of soul chat, can you? Um. Don't think so. I don't think so. Ah. Uh, uh. I know you can do it with the other, we- you know, the other melee weapons, but I was wondering if you do it with a staff. That way, I can get, uh, you know, wouldn't have to physically or you know, mentally check myself to cast cast soul trap. Okay, back to the battle. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. You can't do that. I don't think in the vanilla. I don't know if maybe Dragonborn has some content that allows you to do, but I I don't think you can do that like regularly. Well, Dragonborn, you can enchant staffs, but I don't think you. I don't think it has soul trap or not. I have to look into that actually, Lou. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Because if it does, it'd be totally worth it, dude. Oh, I know. I totally just you know use a staff weapon in my right hand or left hand and just have the other one fire off any other ability. But I was just wondering because that would be cool. Yeah, <laughs> that, that very convenient too. By the way, the only Azura Star or the Soul Gems I have. Just picked up two of the quests as well: Dawn Guard and Break and Break of Dawn. But just picked them up. Haven't done it yet. Haven't started those yet. I refuse to. <laughs> I know, you know, those quests are pretty, I would say, difficult, but they're just a little bit more challenging than what I'm ready for right now with this Battle Mage. I'm still getting used to playing with her, so I was like, all right, you know what, let me just try this out. I'll pick him up, but just leave him off to the side for now. However, the random vampire attacks from Dawnguard are just pissing me off. (laughs) Every time I travel to a town, it's always dark for some reason. Like, oh, really? Seriously? Master Vampire? They're all, come on. (laughs) This is the sole reason now I like half my inventory for potions is cure disease. <laughs> <Mine too. laughs> it's that bad. I'm like, so, between ancient and blood dragons attacking my battle mage now, 
and a vampire attacks at night and every town I go to is like, seriously, this is what the game is doing to me. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm telling you. <laughs> and to all you Stormcloak lovers, unfortunately my battle mage is now a proud auxiliary of the Legion. Take that. <laughs> Can't wait to smash Windhelm back into submission. Get in there. Oh, but with the blood dragons, ancient dragons, I- I've learned the hard way that line of sight's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, it Locks, is. trees, walls. Oh, I'm hiding behind it. <laughs> it's great. And I don't know if you remember the last week, guys, I was having all those issues with Skyrim, with the graphics issues and stuff like that, and the crashing. But thankfully, reinstalling the actually unofficial patches that are there, you know, like the unofficial Dawnguard, Dragonborn, getting those back in the game, actually reinstalling them, taking them out and reinstalling them, actually worked. And now I can absorb Dragon Souls on my Battle Mage again. Nice. Yeah. You know, I killed maybe 12 dragons. I got nothing. And I was seriously considering, you know what, if this is so bad, I may have just to start over again. But thank God it works. And uh, right now, still where my Addis Robe of Destruction. Because until I get my enchanting up, that's what I'll whip out the rest of my outfit for uh, this character, which is the mod I'm using, which is the Thalmor Viceroy Inquisitor's Clothes. Or as I say, I'm going to look like a Nord or Stormcloak's worst nightmare, but I'm actually saving Nern. Much to the jealousy. <laughs> but that, that's been my play for the past week. Can't wait to start up again. Yeah, dude. That's pretty that's epic. Yeah, I, I highly recommend uh, exploring more with you with the, the, the Atronax because they, they're so useful, man. Oh, I love them. When I tell you about what I did with my Antronax this week, Lou, they're, yeah. When you max out Conjuration, you become an unstoppable force. Big time. Um, what I did with the Soul Trap all the time is I had it on my number two, or my number three key, and I always use number two as my main spell. So I'd always have, I would double tap three to get um, Soul Trap on my right hand, then I'd have Fireball on my left hand, and I would just Soul Trap right away, then hit two again, it would automatically switch everything back to dual fireball. And I kept on doing nope. that before every fight. You know, I may try that. Alright, guys. Um, let me see here. What do we got next? Oh, yeah. There happened to be a new patch. Patch 1.9 beta launched this week, and the official patch will launch later this month. Guys, the new features are legendary difficulty setting. So if we thought Master was hard, it ain't got nothing. Legendary skills. Skills of 100 can be ma- can be made legendary. This will reset the skill to 15, return its perks, and allow the skill to affect leveling again. This effectively removes the overall level cap. You know what? This sounds a lot like prestiging in Call of Duty, except whereas I found prestiging in Call of Duty to be completely useless, there have been so many times in Skyrim when I'm like, dude, man, oh, I wish I could, like, you know, reallocate some points here or there, and this is awesome. I've heard a lot of mixed feelings about this. You know, I don't know what to say about this right now, because, you know, with any of my saves characters right now, I have not had any of them reach master level yet or anything, so... I wouldn't know what to say about how Legendary will affect gameplay for now. Take, take, take. I'm just so blinded by this. Like, wait, how do you do this? Is this only if you set yourself to a le- the Legendary difficulty setting? Um, no, it says when the skills of 100 can be made Legendary, so once you hit 100, I guess there'll be an option to turn it Legendary. And we'll reset the skill to 15 and return its perks. 
and will allow that skill to affect leveling again. Hmm. Uh, dear Lord, that's. I see the storm class coming out of Steve's ears. <laughs> There's, I, I, I can't even imagine how much work I've already put into getting stuff like level 100. Now I'm gonna have to get something to level 185. Uh, here you go, Dave. Ready? This is for you. Oh, yourself. Well, I'm just, I'm not ranting, I'm just <laughs> blown away by this. It's, oh my god. I have to go back through and put so much more work into, oh, good, good god, I'm done, I'm, I'm done. Well, I mean, I, like I said, I have not had any of my characters get the mass level into anything, um, but I don't know, I mean, hearing, Shank, hearing you talk about uh, the prestige thing going on with Call of Duty, and now with this, I guess, this similar version that we're seeing now in Skyrim. I'm wondering why couldn't they just allow, you know, let the skills remain at its current level of 100? You know, and, what, I'm sorry, Lou, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, John. What I was looking at, Lou, is, is like, for instance, on my mage, I, I ran this issue where I'm nearly, I have 100 in my conjuration, I have, I'm almost 100 in my destruction. I was thinking about what am I going to do now to really affect my leveling process. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to switch around my mage and do something different. Well, what this will allow me to do if, when this comes out would be like, okay, well, I can set my conjuration to legendary so I can re-level it again and will affect my current level. I'll be able to go past 35 easier. That's, yeah, that's literally the, that's the line of thought that I was thinking originally, too. That's, yeah. So not necessarily that you want to, like, do that exact same skill all over again, but it allows you to level without, you know, because if you're already that high level, it's going to, I guess, take you that much longer. But, you know, resetting your skill like that allows you the opportunity to level at, I guess, a more regular pace. Without having to change around your playstyle. Exactly, yeah. Or, conversely, if you did want to change your playstyle, you could do that. I guess it's uh, you could you know do it easier because again you have that you you have that headroom now to uh, not have to grind for every single level because um, you be, you effectively have all those perks back and those skill points back to kind of focus and do some other skill. Yeah, that too. Does that help at all, Lou? Yeah, yeah, it does, but. You know, I, I was actually reading the chat box as well, the chat room saying, and Steven, you know, I guess, you know, enemies stop leveling at 50 in a game. Am I correct? I, like I said, I haven't gotten that far yeah. up yet. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if, since they allow the legendary skills to come into play now, you know, turn the mechanic off from the NPC mobs. You know, allow them, again, to scale with you on your character. So if you're a level 80 mage... All right, now you're facing a Draugr or uh, a big bad Sabercat that's level 80 to keep in line with you to help you level up those uh, or help well, you build towards legendary skills. Not to disagree, but I disagree emphatically. <laughs> um, just because they also added legendary difficulty with this patch. Ah, that's true. True. Yeah, so just because they are quote-unquote level 50 doesn't mean they won't wipe the floor with you. There you go. Hmm, that's very... That, that's food for thought. I'm, I guess we're going to have to wait till the patch comes out and give it more of a play test to get exact feel what they're trying to get at with this. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, don't know, I think we kind of hit it, guys. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- like you said, I think we, we'd have to definitely get some more hands-on time with this and tinker around. Well, we do have an email 
from Toby and Dave. Would you like to read this one? I guess. <laughs> wow, Says you're so from Toby. accommodating. What's up? You're so accommodating tonight. Yeah, you know. I, I'm magnanimous like that. Alright, Toby says, I have always played Skyrim on the Xbox 360, but after listening to Off the Record for a while, I began to wonder if load times would be faster on the PC. I regularly have more than one minute load times on the 360. I recently discovered that it was possible to transfer a save game from 360 to PC. So I downloaded Skyrim on Steam and was amazed to find load times of less than 10 seconds. However, I have also discovered that when playing Skyrim on Steam, I always end up with a second cursor in addition to the regular Skyrim cursor, which makes the game pretty much unplayable. I have googled solutions to this problem, and none of them have really worked. Anytime I quick travel or move to a new area, the second cursor is back. Have any of you encountered this at all? If you have, I would love to hear any ideas you have to eliminate this problem. If not, then I just have to say keep up the good work and on the awesome podcast. And that's from Toby. Um, I actually have dealt with this problem and know a few solutions uh, if you want me to go through them. Do it, Dave. Uh, the first solution, the biggest, most obvious solution is uh, if you're playing Skyrim, try to play it in full screen mode. That will usually eliminate this problem from even happening. Uh, if you're playing it in windowed, that's where this really pops up. Uh, this occurs if you alt-tab out of the screen, or if it goes into a load screen where the game uh, has a higher load than your computer has capacity, which means that it kind of freezes for a second just to load. It will it will pop out to do the error report, even if you don't see an error reporting. Um, what this means is that your mouse becomes outside of the game again. This happens with a lot of Bethesda games. It's just how it's programmed, and it may be a programming problem, but it is a actual bug. The best way to fix it, if you have the problem where you see the mouse outside of the game, um, you can alt-tab until outside of the game and then back into it. If you see the mouse, bring the mouse up to the top of your screen, the very tip-top and then bring it down slowly. The mouse may disappear. If it does, it may be locked back inside of the game world. This you, happens if you, if it doesn't work, alt-tab out, back in, try it again. Um, now, you, there's another way to get around this entirely, and that is to plug in a Xbox 360 wired controller into your PC's USB port. PCs, especially ones running Windows, are immediately compatible with your wired 360 controllers. If you're using the 360 controller, you never have to worry about the mouse having an issue. But I personally prefer the mouse and have this issue, especially with Windows 7 using arrow compatibility, because of the bottom uh, right-hand corner has a little show desktop thing. So when your mouse is outside of the screen, if it hovers over that, you basically turn your entire screen into glass and can see all the way to the desktop, so it does become an issue. Well, uh, there you go. <laughs> Anything else, guys? I usually just reset the game. <laughs> I'll exit <laughs> out and come back in. <laughs> that works for me. Yeah, I think his problem was uh, the fact that he fast-traveled, but uh, maybe Dave hit no, the nail on the head. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. I, thanks a lot, Dave. I, that was spot-on, man. 
I've had extensive uh, time to play with this, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's my turn, guys. So I uh, I played it for a few hours, wound up beating Dawnguard, and it was a lot easier than I remembered it to be, and a lot quicker. I don't know if it's because of my mage or what, but the last fight took me seconds. I don't even think the last boss got into his dome twice before he was dead. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> Maybe it's I fought him because I was at level 100 conjuration with two storm thralls with me. Oh my god. I kind of chewed him up. <laughs> I think he was in bats. Cause you know, you hit him really hard after a certain percentage, he turns into a bats and moves on and goes somewhere else. I don't think I threw a single spell at him because he was in bats the entire time. As soon as he reappeared, my thralls were on him, and boom, he was gone. So that was a joke. <laughs> I have no idea what happened to Dawnguard. Blew right through that. And then I, I logged out to go eat dinner, went back in, and it failed to load. It did this for three days. <laughs> wow. So I decided, you know, I gotta really give it a shot this morning, hunker down, figure out what's going on, if it's a mod. I didn't install any new mods, but let's see what's happening, and... Log into Steam, and lo and behold, I could play Skyrim again. So I have no idea why it decided to stop working on me. But it works! And I got to... And I went on my epic quest to find my Fortify Conjuration, and no luck. <laughs> At all. Denied. Denied. Then I realized, in the long run, I stopped, like, you know, why am I even worrying about this? Because I only have to really cast the spell once to get my, my throw out. And then I don't have to worry about it again. So I really yeah, don't need to have. Permanent? Yeah, I don't even really need to worry about it. So I just gave up on that quest. But the thing that I was doing though is going up to High Rothgar, talking to the old fart, the old shouting fart, and um, he was giving me the locations of shouts. So I was doing that constantly, just getting a whole bunch of shouts and killing a ton of dragons. And I had two frost dragons at, at once at a dragon shrine. What? <laughs> I had no idea how that happened, but they both died quickly. Um, when you have a storm throw out, especially when you have two, and you use dual fireball or or um, dual incinerate with that perk that I forgot the name of in the fire tree, that stuns them. Impact? Dra yeah, impact. Dragons don't get a chance to breathe. They start, <laughs> they stop, because they're stunned. They start, and it was just like, I don't know if it's because I'm so high in destruction and everything, but my fireballs are like a machine gun. That's funny. Before, the, before my fireball impacts, I've already got another one coming out. And it's just like constantly, and, and both dragons were dead before I never got touched. I don't know if I'm just getting too OP right now or what, but I'm okay with that. So I, I gave up on that. I did hit 100 enchanting, and I took that rare elven armor from that dude with the bow in that place near the end of Dawnguard. I am so bad with names. Yeah, him. him. That guy, yeah. <laughs> you know that guy that, that has guy. everybody frozen? Yeah, is it near the end of, near the end of Dawnguard when you're going for Ariel's bow? That elf at the end, he has that really cool white armor. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yes. the crap. Snow yeah. elf dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, I took his armor and I enchanted it. So I lost a lot of my mana regen, like 120 percent of it. But I got to the point where it cost me literally nothing now to cast destructive destructive spells. Where I cast dual incinerate, which is the most expensive spells I have, as they're both not master but uh, expert level spells. Even at duel, it, I don't even see a little, the slightest move of my mana bar. Oh man! Yeah, I can't wait for that. <laughs> I mean, it, it mana regen sucks. When I cast a thrall, I have to wait like six times longer than normal for my mana to regen. But it only it doesn't, doesn't take but a third of what it used to. Um, and it put me up to six hundred mana. 
Dual enchanting. Love it. So I'm not wearing my robes anymore. I still have my mask on, though, the Dragon Priest one. Um, it, 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 that armor looks sick when you're running around as a mage. And now that I, I have a couple points put into light armor, so it's even more protection than normal. I mean, most things don't get to me, but when I do, when they do, I, I'd like to be a little protected, you know, especially because I went into Dragonborn today. And I didn't get much time to go into Dragonborn. It was so rewarding to be back in it. And there goes my phone again. I have no idea why people are calling me right now. But, um... Ring, ring. I normally unplug my phone this time of the night. So anyway, I wound up in the mine and have not gone any further yet. Gotta love kids. Alright, guys. So my playstyle was pretty much just trying to beat my head against the wall, trying to find Fortify Conjuration, only to find out or realize I didn't need it after all. So I am level 38, and almost, well, no, I'm, yeah, I'm level 38. But, um, yeah, man, I, I feel like I become overpowered when I cast dual storm thralls. I actually tried to weaken myself a little bit by getting two flame thralls instead, because they always right. seem to catch up with me like 15 minutes after the fight's over. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, chat room. Oh, the ancient farmer armor. That's light armor? Yep, that's what it is. It is light armor. Ooh. It's um the same as uh, Elven, or glass. Actually, it's the same level as glass. Nice. Oh, Shaolin Kenta, royal vamp armor. Yeah, I do like the vampire uh, robes. I actually have a couple of them saved up. I just wish they were Dovafloss. Yeah, well, my guy, I, I, my, my avatar is actually a guy, so I really don't want to see him in, in Dovafloss. Oh, but I, I've got my a mod statement stands. <laughs> I've got a mod for both of you to fix that later on. Dova package. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, guys, our little uh, maze challenge ends on the 21st. Two weeks from today. Level you know 35. What? So, uh, just speaking of, of the maze challenge ending on the 21st, that reminds me. Uh, you know what the 14th is, right? No. It's it's Pi Day, but it's also a very special day across the world. Your birthday? Okay. Yeah, it's my birthday. There were That's small right. towns and villages. Praise David. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I, I I just I knew your birthday was in March. I just forgot the day. Yeah, hey. so that means our next episode falls on my birthday. I think we should. Uh, yeah. yeah. March birthday's for the win, dude. You too. Yes, sir. March third. And my best friend Mike. Oh well, happy belated birthday! Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing with us before. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, a ton of March birthdays. I'm I'm the day after March, so April first. <laughs> yeah, don't go. There. <laughs> the day after March. <laughs> the way I prefer it. <laughs> that, that means next week we're not doing Elder Scrolls off the record. We're just going to have a Dave off the record. Yeah, that would be All kind of day, funny. Right? Doing a little special like that. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk, dude. We'll talk. <laughs> there is um, w the crafting table today. I wanted to ask Shank to do something important or special today because he's kind of a master at this thing, and I only found out about it because of him, and I'm so thankful I have. Uh, <laughs> Shank, ENB modding. What is it? How do you do it? Why do you do it? And why? And what are the requirements to do it? All right, so let's uh, let's try and go in order. So, what is ENB modding? So, 
There's a couple things one must understand first. Skyrim is a DX9 game, regardless, even if you have it on PC. But most PCs, um, if you have a you know a decent gaming rig now or a graphics card from the past couple of years, you'll probably have a DirectX 11 compatible card. Now, what DirectX 11 allows you to do is add a bunch of cool, shiny new effects on there. And ENB, I don't know what it stands for. Nobody really does except for, I guess, the guy that made it. Um, allows Skyrim's engine to tap into these DirectX 11 features and you get glorious, glorious graphics galore. Um, why do I do it, Joe? Well, because I'm a graphics junkie. I will do anything <laughs> to get good graphics. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty awesome. So w- there's a couple of different uh, things that you can do with it. Uh, you can add various um, effects for shadows called ambient occlusion, which uh, defines uh, shadows along surfaces. Mm-hmm. You can get um, depth of field effects, which is uh, akin to, you know... Um, you know, the easiest way you can look at this is if you're looking at your hand close up to your eye and then, um, you know, look at a distant wall or something, you'll notice that your hand goes out of focus when you're looking at the wall and the wall goes out of focus when you're looking at your hand. So that's a very, it kind of mimics a, a camera and your eye functionality that way. You can also get, um, you know, this cool thing that I was raving about uh, that Joe probably knows more about because he's a game developer was uh, image-based lighting. And that, that has all to do with, you know, lighting effects and bringing out details in darker areas and whatnot. So, I mean, if, the, the, all, what it comes down to is it's a great, great opportunity to tweak and maximize the graphics capability of Skyrim. That's literally what it is. And where can you get this? Well, you have to get a certain file. Uh, called the d3d9.dll file, and you can only get that at enbdev.dev.com. And you'll go there, you'll scroll along on the side, and you'll actually see a section for Skyrim, and he has different versions of there up there. And um, each successive version is uh, slightly more optimized and contains better features than the previous version. So it's you know it's pretty straight, uh, straightforward stuff, but. The thing is, what you find on his website might not necessarily be the most effective preset. And if you want to get presets, there's a lot of people on the Nexus especially that have ENB presets. And what is a preset? Well, it's just their um, version of the ENB mod. So some mods you'll see, uh, for example, the one that Joe and I uh, use is called Beauty of Skyrim. Mm -hmm. Guys, I cannot recommend this enough, and I'm pretty sure Joe will say the same Uh thing here. It is pretty yeah, so this is – I tend to go with the more realistic look to Skyrim. And if you're looking for a very, very realistic, immersive preset for an ENB, Beauty of Skyrim, that's it. That is a gorgeous, gorgeous preset. Alternatively, though, you can get different presets that you know might be a black and white presets. And I've seen some of them, and they look actually absolutely stunning. Some presets might be slightly more saturated for that fantasy feel. So you know, it's all up to your personal taste. But the cool thing is – is that you can actually go in there and further tweak it um, to whatever liking you have. If you want to bring out the light, you can. But uh, just be uh, aware that this you will have to, you know, there, there's a, a little bit of learning curve involved because it's a little bit technical. And it took me, ooh, I don't know, a couple months to finally figure everything out. Joe probably in two seconds because he's a game developer dude. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's a very highly customizable graphics mod, and I highly recommend it if you have the specs for it. You do need a decent rig, but um, Joe and I, for the record, have 660 Ti's, and we're getting uh, pretty good performance with that. So there's a Phenomenal. benchmark for that. Yeah, yeah, I've been averaging 65 to 70 frames. 
Yeah, and it and it also it completely depends on what other mods you have on there. But just be warned that it is it will hog your system because. But it's it's worth it because it looks amazing. <laughs> they are a challenge to get running, and you want to do your research. You don't want to do this if you have a low end system or an older video card because it will slow your your game down to a literal crawl. So yes, Dave, literally, it. it's a slideshow. If you have a, a latest and greatest or an awesome video card, you have good processor capability, good RAM, do it. It's like it's like taking Skyrim, multiplying the graphic capability by three to four times. Yeah, and the cool thing is, all of this capability, you know that the engine is capable. Like it's just squeezing everything out of the Skyrim engine, which is sick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what Ian B modding is. Thank you very much, Shank. No uh, problem. It's sick. Uh, Lou, you put an extra little uh, tidbit in here for us. Do you want to talk about it? Sure. Um, this is something I mentioned, actually, on Twitter maybe about a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago. It was something I, I stumbled on by accident in the same workshop. And this is actually a, a different version, a totally different version, but the same premise. And this one is called the Lord of the Rings soundtrack for Skyrim. And it's made by Orca. And you can find this on the Steam Workshop, as I mentioned. So, hey, if you're a fantasy RPG gamer, and if you enjoy listening to the rich musical score that accompanied the trilogy from Peter Jackson, if you do like it, then, hey, here you go. Here is something great for you. You download this mod, and now you've got the soundtrack from the movies playing with you while you're in Skyrim. Now, as you have to point out, this will not replace the original score for Jeremy Soule, okay, this is actually in addition to his soundtrack. So think of it this way. Now you've got two great, two great musical pieces playing in conjunction with one another. That's like candy on top of candy for breakfast. That's like chocolate fudge on top of chocolate ice cream on a chocolate cake. And that's awesome because the sugar rush is just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. So like on top of Jeremy Soule's four-disc soundtrack. You've got, yes, the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. And yeah, the actual creator's quick to point this out it won't replace those files it's just additional tracks <laughs> that your game will actually access and play while you're out there god that's sick <laughs> yeah so i can't wait to see you know how you know bradford uh Brian <laughs> will take to this because you know they're like the lot lord of the rings fanatics and yeah. i can imagine what they're going to do with this mod <laughs> But I will say this, though. The author also does warn you that the file itself is over 40 megs in size. 40 megabytes. That's a huge mod. Yes, it is. So be prepared. If you know you subscribe to it, it's going to take a while to download. All right, Lou. Well, you're going to still go, man, because we have the Elder Scroll. <gasps> Lore Master on Ice. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go, Lou, go. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. And... This week's Elder Scroll is on Vivek. Dunmer, counselor, betrayer, deity. Or in his words, defy me and you will know what it is to stand against a god. So Vivek, or Vek, was known as the warrior poet deity of the Dunmer and V in the Almsivi, which is the joining of all three names of the tribunal, in case you didn't know. And the guardian god king of the holy land of Ardenfell, the ever vigilant protector from the dark gods of the Red Mountain, or the gate to hell. He represents the spirit and duality of the Dumer people, 
which is reflected in his half-Dunmer, half-Chimmer appearance. His early life is muddled by lots of suppositions, metaphor, and of course, lost through time. But it can be assumed that he grew up in Red's <laughs> in Resdane, which is now called Morrowind during the First Era. During his lifetime, he would become part of the Inner Circle Advisors to Lord Inderil Nerevar, and he held the title of a Junior Counselor. But it was also known that occasionally he was also called the General as well. His fellow counselors were known as Almalexia. Who was that? Lord Nerevar's Queen. And so the Sil, Nerevar's wisest and most trusted friend. Now, do these names sound familiar? They should. <laughs> Vivek was actually one of the few advisors who cautioned Lord Nerevar about signing the peace alliance with the Dwemer ruler, Dumak Dwarf King. He thought it wouldn't be a wise idea because something like that wouldn't last. Unfortunately, events had proven right as war erupted between the Dwemer and Dwemer over the construction of Numidian, the mechanical god that Dwemer were creating with the heart of Lorcan. Events will culminate in the Battle of the Red Mountain in the First Era, year 700. Historical mythical accounts differ as to what actually what role Vivek played during that battle. In the aftermath, he, Amalexia, Sothasil, would swear a solemn oath before Azura and to Lord Nervar that they would not use Kraganax tools, which the Dwemer were used to construct Numidium. They swore they would never use them for evil, profane purposes. But, as the story goes, Lord Nerevar was slain through treachery by Voron Dagoth, Sankhmer, and his house, and the councils left on their own. So, what happens? As the three come to power, years later, so the Sil would approach Almalexia and Vivek with a proposal. He had found a way to use Kraganaut's tools and the Heart of Lorcan and tap into the divine power within and do it safely. From this point forward, when they did so, they became known as the Tribunal, putting themselves as the new gods of the Red Saint. In punishment for their actions, Azura cursed the three and all the Doomer people. Their once pale golden skin turned to ash gray, and their eyes became red, as we all know them now. But the Tribunal learned to overcome Azura's curse as they harnessed their powers. Vivek himself chose to appear as both Chimmer and Dunmer, or the Dunmer in the original form, going back to their pale golden skin and regular eyes. Vivek would go to found his own city on the southern coast of Vardenfell, with its capital known as, what else, Vivek City. <laughs> and as the years passed, he would rise in popularity amongst the Dunmer people due to his heroic actions and his military brilliance when engaged in the various wars the Dunmer waged, especially against the Akaviri. He possessed an unmatched new perspective on the course of history. Vivek was able to foresee the meteoric rise of a general named Talos. He foresaw his heavenly and earthly prominence, which would lead him to cease hostile resistance and ally himself with Cyrodiil. Though he and the tribunes ensured Morrowind maintained its autonomy, Vivek was also prolific both in poetry and in the writing of his own versions of history and philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> he was also playing the role of a political leader. To this end, he created the Buoyant Armagers, which was a personal military order who exemplified his best traits. He was and is still considered a final authority on many esoteric and metaphysical concepts, such as the means of attaining divinity, or the walking ways. Through the teachings of the temple, or the temple from the tribunal, and the teachings of Vivek himself can be summarized as follows. 
your fourfold duties are to faith, family, masters, and all that is good. Perform holy quests and bring luster to the temple. Never transgress against your brothers or sisters and never dishonor your house or your ancestors. Serve and protect the poor and weak and honor your elders and clan. Now, in the second era, year 882, Dagoth-Ur returned, and his return heralded the downfall of Vivek in the tribunal. As Dagoth-Ur gained power, followers and territory, the tribunal was hard-pressed and eventually were forced to create what's known as the Great Ghost Fence, a magical barrier whose power was sustained by the power of the tribunal to contain both Ur and his followers, and whatever other abominations he had within the Red Mountain region. By the Third Era, year 417, Vivek was alone in maintaining the ghost fence and fending off to earn his minions. In preparation for what he saw as eventual defeat, he wrote what was called the 36 Lessons, primarily to act as a guide for the Nerevarine, whose exact identity was a mystery, but whose coming, he realized, was a necessity for the defeat of Degoth Ur. Now, these writings are very cryptic, likely both to mask the ulterior motive and to indulge Vivek's love of prose. Many of his tales involve Muhatra, which was Vivek's legendary but mysterious spear. No magic helmet, though. In these writings, Vivek helped engineer the loss of his godhood, and they demonstrated that he planned from early on to support the Nerevarine as much as he could, though the strain of trying to maintain the ghost fence would hamper his ability to assist the Nerevarine's campaign. The return of Azura's champion heralded the end of his divinity. When the Nerevarine destroyed the heart of Lorcan in the Red Mountain, all those who had stolen power from it lost their divine spark. The Nerevarine was finally able to put an end to Degoth Ur, and he probably did so. With that, Vivek's fellow tribunes fell as well. Almalexia secretly went mad, and in due course had found a way to murder Sothasil, then used his creation to attack her own people. And, in turn, the Nevarine killed her shortly after she had laid an ambush into Sills Clockwork City. Wow. Yeah. That didn't work out very well, did it? <laughs> no one really knows, though, what happens to Vivek. Some claim that he was taken, quote-unquote, by the Deidre during the Oblivion Crisis. And there are others that think he was killed by the Nevarine. Vivek expected that the tribunal would no longer be honored as gods by the Dunmer, but hoped they would be worshipped or remembered as saints and heroes, and that one day that the temple would return to the original Doomer faith, which was the worship of their ancestors and the three god, three good Daedra, Azura, Mephala, and Boethia. This new temple would eventually prove them right by readopting the worship of the Daedra, who came to be called the Reclamations. And, as a political gesture to ease transition, Saint Vivek is still venerated as a great ancestor of the Doomer people. Now, this is only just a really, I know it sounds kind of long, but this is just a portion of what's out there on the Elder Scrolls Wiki and from the Imperial Library on Vivek. I hope you all enjoy it. That was an epic Elder Scrolls this week, Lou. Yeah, man. <laughs> that brings up so many questions, though. Why would the guy, I get that he's a good dude, that he's like, you know, paladin whatever. This dude gets cursed by Azura and ends up still being her number one fan. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I know we swore an oath, we broke it, and... But yeah, we're good, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> right. whenever we fix things, we're good. We're good. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I would have parkoured out of there a long time ago, man. A long yeah. time ago. <laughs> totally, but, you know, dude. When you look at the events, uh, like why I think 
3E, third era, 417. Hmm. Kind of sounds the same time frame as what we're supposed to be doing in ESO. I could be wrong. You know, I'd be willing to bet, and don't take my word on this, but I'd be willing to bet that it'd be an awesome game if the Elder Scrolls Six had to do with Vivek. Hmm, speculation. Like what happened to him? Yeah. Like, you find out he's still alive somewhere and trying to bring the three good Daedra to the mortal plane? That'd be crazy. Oh my god, can you imagine? Alright, guys, we have five-star review shoutouts. We have two. Lou, what are they? Oh, right. From America, we have... We're not kidding. From Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did that just to try to confuse us. Yeah. <laughs> and national <laughs> And our final thoughts of the evening. I, not the same show without Ivarwin. Uh, I think we had a great time nonetheless, and I cannot wait to uh, take my opinus over to oh, Dragonborn and Wasted. Oh, uh, you're, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> I already went. To, I've been walking through the mine like it was a joke. It's like no, 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 no. Wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, I might get my butt handed. I mean, either way, it's gonna be fun. Uh, Lou. Oh my gosh! All these great things coming up. Um, that soundtrack. I will say again. I, I can't say enough of it because I do enjoy both Jeremy Soul soundtrack and now Lord of the Rings. You know, my for the first time I've actually got the music cranked up in Skyrim. You normally I play with the music off, but now I've got it both. I've got it going, and it's for me. It's like Shank picking flowers. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. <laughs> Gets me immersed in the game. Yeah, the chat room is ragging on me for saying "opness." It does sound <laughs> know, bad, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds really bad. You know, I just got that. Giggity. Yeah, uh, it sounds bad. Oh my god. Oops. Overpoweredness. Thank you. Said. There we go. <laughs> Slang term gone bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. And Dave. Oh my god. Um, well, I'm going to make the money. That's what I intend to do. That's what I, my gameplay has been all about, and that's what I'm going to do before I actually go in there and start whooping butt in the, the college. And Shank? I'm going to fix my game first. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then um, if I can tear myself away from Tomb Raider, definitely I want to I wanna do some serious college grinds. College grinds. Wow. Two faux pas <laughs> in one episode. That's, wow. That's pretty good. We're on a roll tonight, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. All right, how to reach us. This show can be found at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com along with tons of amazing articles done by our amazing new staff. You guys got to check it out. We got an article coming out like practically every couple days, Shank? Yeah, um, pretty much, man. We try and stay on top of everything as it happens, plus our own little uh, brain droppings as well with our opinions and stuff. Yeah, it's it's amazing stuff, guys. Really have to check it out. Ellisrollsofftherecord.com. And our new staff also has up-to-date information as soon as something happens. So if, for instance, when they announce that they're starting the invites, it'll be on our website. Guaranteed. Uh, Questgamingnetwork.com is our main portal site. Also, we have articles as well about general gaming. The guys have been knocking out of the park lately, including a review of Tomb Raider, I believe. 
Yeah, we uh, Brian and I did a joint first impressions of it, and uh, hint, it's great. Go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so another great site check out, guys. Record at gmail.com is this show's email address. Email us your thoughts, opinions, anything you want. record at gmail.com. YouTube.com forward slash EllisRollsOTR is the YouTube channel for this show. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network is the YouTube channel for Quest Gaming Network as a whole. Check it out, guys. we got a whole bunch of videos in there. I know that Shank's been doing a series lately as well. That guy's all over the place, doing it all. Don't forget our $10 mentions. This is a great way for you to shout out your guild on the air. A little 10-second quick mention at the beginning of the show. $10 gets it for you. So just uh, go to our website, elsewithoutrecord.com, and hit the Donate tab and tell us what you would like us to say for you. Where do you can listen to us? iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Zoom, RSS Feed. Use your favorite RSS Feed reader. Found on our site and all of our episode posts, we recommend Pod- Podkicker, and I cannot talk, and RSS Demon on Google Play Store. And don't forget our other show, Minecraft Off the Record, recording live every Sunday at 7 p.m. We talk about our amazing servers and the fun that we've had and the headaches we've had getting those running for the players. All the good stuff, everything Minecraft, Minecraft Off the Record. Uh, Twitter, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, is at Elder Scrolls OTR. Come check us out, guys. Tons of tweets. Yvonne does an amazing job at... All his uh, comedy, his daily lore, or not really lore, but uh, what day it is. That guy is a freaking Elder Scrolls calendar. He knows every day of the week, every day I of the year. I just pictured a, like a Skyrim calendar of Ivar- <clears throat> Ivarwin, like doing the calendar girls thing every month. <laughs> Today, it's Miss Windhelm. <laughs> oh my god. Next month, it's Miss Solitude. <laughs> <laughs> It's all nice. fun and games until you get to December and it's Cicero like laying down butt naked staring at the camera. <laughs> With just the hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it becomes a horror story. Oh man. I am at the widget. <laughs> oh, okay, I gotta breathe first. <sighs> I'm at the widget. W-I-G-I-T. Ivarwin is at E V A R W Y N. Ivarwin. Lou can be found at GamerGuy11B. One, one Dave is at D Enforce. D I E N Force. And Shank can be found at Shank Tank. <laughs> <laughs> That's Shank T H Tank. Else uh, with Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network. And yes, I can talk at some point. I just want to say boost for all you all next week. Thank you everyone for being here. Hope to see you all again next week. Boost for all y'all. We'll see you again. Till next time, guys. Shadow hide you. Fix my Skyrim, please. You know, I was going to play the clip of Family Guy with the Barbershop Quartet singing that song. You have AIDS. Not HIV, but <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the hate storm we get from that will be... Oh, snap. We are live. Sick. Check this out, you guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Where you been? I, I don't Dude, know. I was, I was updating the doc. Go away. Call Ooh, I like this. How do I avoid beta scams? That's good. That's a I thought what we had was special, Paul. 
I thought you, you loved me, man. You always love me with beta invites. This is where I do the Evil Dead thing. This <laughs> is Pillow Talk, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Last night you said you loved me. That's the only woman for you. Baby, it's Pillow Talk. Where's my crowd noise? <laughs> Hurry. I can't keep this up. I got you. I got you covered, Luke. Thank you. You're welcome. Peace. And attaching it to something such as a broom. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. What it was, no, Dave. The plan was was to get a booth, babe. Yeah. And have her hold a sign with Shank's picture picture on it, and walk around with us. <laughs> Just like have it as a mask. <laughs> Everybody'd be like, "Hey, Shank, nice tits," and she'd be like, "Why, thank you." <laughs> nice boobs. Are they real? <laughs> Lost your arms in battle. You guys are going to have to get a picture of myself, my, my booth babe self there. Eight. I am Joe the Widget Wilson and joined, to, joined by... <laughs> I'm going to redo that. Maybe I should take my entire part out and put it into the outtakes. <laughs> I think that we need to remove a little bit of O-penises. <laughs> <laughs> I might just take that out and put it into... And, uh, what was that that, that Shanks said? Something about, uh, grinding college? Oh, I said college grind, man. Yeah. Good God, dude. <laughs> dude, I was talking about grinding. <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to talk about penises, but jeez. <laughs> I live in a college city. The college grind is a lot more NC-17 than Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you... So, uh, how'd you get into this business? Oh, I'm going for my master's degree in psychology. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the college grind. Please sit on the couch. Who's <laughs> all